The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. And the need to do more, be more. The need to hustle and grind and overachieve and make something, anything of ourselves has infiltrated almost every corner of modern society. Hi everyone, I'm Michael Kavnet, and this is the Next Big Idea Daily. It's Friday, so how was your week? Was it okay? Pretty good? Was it perfect? Well, I don't know the details, but I'm willing to bet your week wasn't perfect because, let's face it, perfect doesn't really exist, does it? We all know that, but the idea that we should be perfect parents, perfect workers, perfect people runs pretty deep and it can be hard to shape. Part of the issue is that many of us worry that if we aren't striving for perfection, we're letting ourselves off the hook. We're settling for low standards, but it doesn't have to be that way. My guest today is Thomas Curran, author of the new book, The Perfection Trap, Embracing the Power of Good Enough. Thomas is a professor of psychology at the London School of Economics. He's authored a landmark study on perfectionism, and his TED Talk on the subject has been viewed millions of times. Our curator, Adam Grant, says, if you've ever found yourself fearing failure, ruminating about mistakes, or just feeling that you aren't good enough, this is a must-read. Here's Thomas to share some of his big ideas. Perfectionism is not the same as high standards. Now, many people believe perfectionism is all about high standards, standards that define them as perfectionists. But my book urges readers to look closer. Because when we do so, we find that high standards are only what we see on the surface. The deeper question is why perfectionistic people need to set those standards in the first place. Research shows that they're doing so for validation from other people, validation that tells them they're good enough, that they matter or are loved, which are the same things. Until we recognise that simple fact, we'll continue to misunderstand what perfectionism is and what exactly it does to us. My late grandfather was, in many ways, a perfect example of the distinction between high standards on the one hand and perfectionism on the other. When I was a child, I used to sit for hours in bewilderment as Papi, a master craftsman, fashioned everyday things like banisters, chairs, and window frames from the very first plank to the final ferrule. I marvelled at his craft. Every Sunday, I'd scuttle through the estate to his bungalow and watch intently as he showed me how to cut pieces of reclaimed timber into perfectly measured strips of wood. Then he'd delicately carve and contour each strip mark and saw the strips with military precision before slotting them crisply together. He'd fix them tightly with screws before tenderly sanding and polishing the finished article. The contours of his wares were always perfectly formed, the wood smooth, the end result a piece of immaculate functional art. Now these are unquestionably the traits of a person with extremely high standards but they're not the traits of a perfectionist. When my grandfather was done in his workshop, he gathered up the wares he'd lovingly crafted and delivered them to her new homes. 
then simply left them there without loitering for validation or a five-star review. And he brought everyday things into the world for other people to use and appreciate. And as far as he was concerned, his wares needed to exist way more than their maker needed to be loved. That's the thing about high standards. They they don't have to come with insecurity. Only perfectionism grasps the two together. Perfectionism isn't about perfecting things or tasks, nor is it about striving for especially high standards in, for example, your assignments or appearances or parenting or relationships. It's far, far deeper than that. It's about perfecting ourselves or, to be more exact, perfecting our imperfect selves. Going through life on the defensive, concealing every last blemish, flaw and shortcoming from those around us. Perfectionism is and can only ever be a relational trait, a self-esteem issue arising not in a vacuum within individuals, but in our social world and through the interactions we have with those around us. It starts with an inner dialogue that says, I'm not attractive enough, cool enough, rich enough, skinny enough, healthy enough, intelligent enough, productive enough, and finishes with a brute realisation. So whenever my shortcomings are revealed, other people will notice and I'll be a less acceptable person in their eyes. Every ounce of energy from that realisation onwards is used to hide our real selves from the world and do everything we possibly can to strengthen what we think are threadbare, perfection-contingent ties binding us to other people. That is not high standards. That shame embodied in a deeply problematic relationship with ourselves and other people. Perfectionism has many faces. Over the last four decades, psychologists Paul Hewitt and Gordon Flett have been working with struggling perfectionists, trying to understand what perfectionism looks like and pinpoint the thoughts, feelings and behaviours that perfectionistic people typically report. In case after case, these men were observing people who felt compelled to be perfect, not just to ape their own impossible standards, although they did this in great measure, but to ape the impossible standards they felt were being imposed on them by others and that they themselves imposed on those around them. These different faces, self-directed, socially imposed and other-directed, became the basis of their groundbreaking multi-dimensional model. Self-directed or self-oriented perfectionism is an intense need to be perfect and nothing but perfect, fused with harsh self-criticism when we haven't met those impossible standards. Socially imposed or socially prescribed perfectionism is a perception that the outside world and everyone and all around me expects me to be perfect. And they're waiting and watching for me to slip up. Other-directed or other-oriented perfectionism is perfectionism turned outwards onto other people. The idea that I expect you to be perfect and if you're not perfect, I'm going to let you know. Now, the intricate interplay of self-oriented, socially prescribed and other-oriented perfectionism is why Paul and Gord don't think perfectionism is a classification, but rather is a spectrum. Some are higher on, say, self-oriented perfectionism, while others are lower on socially prescribed and other-oriented perfectionism. Some are higher on other-oriented perfectionism and lower on socially prescribed, and some are higher on socially prescribed and lower on self. Now, of course... Knowing where we fall on those various spectrums of perfectionism requires a tool to measure them. Which is why, back when Paul and Gordon embarked on their journey, the very first thing they did was develop a perfectionism scale to capture the full array of perfectionistic thoughts, 
feelings and behaviours, some of which will apply a great deal to you, but others perhaps not so much. And that's the most interesting thing about perfectionism. There really is no one size fits all. Perfectionism is not the secret to success. It's hard to succeed nowadays. You've got to sacrifice yourself, keep grinding through the discomfort, and even then, most are not going to make it to the very top. That's just the nature of zero-sum battle in the modern economy, and so to get ahead in this world, aren't we going to need a little bit of perfectionism? Well, here's the thing. In diverse domains such as school, sports and work, Perfectionism reveals itself to be a highly potent motivating force, correlating with a powerful work ethic and contributing to dogged persistence in even the most mundane of tasks. There's even compelling evidence that it can contribute to pathological forms of striving, such as workaholism. And yet, despite all of this breathless striving, studies find that perfectionism has negligible to non-existent correlations with performance and that's perplexing. So what explains this seeming paradox? There are two reasons. The first is that perfectionistic people work hard, but it's unsustainably hard, pushing themselves to the limit, and then some. They often find themselves in that zapping zone of diminishing and inverse returns to their efforts, and left unchecked, that ends in burnout. The second reason is that perfectionists are world champion self-sabotages. When things get tough, When failure looks like it's heading their way, the anticipated shame and embarrassment is so fierce that it makes perfectionistic people reluctant to put forward any further effort. Effort that, of course, would make other people's discovery of their shortcomings a little easier. So what do they do? They self-sabotage. They procrastinate or simply give up to ward off immobilizing fears of failure. Perfectionism's success paradox then is actually a paradoxical relationship with failure. In the avoidance of failure, perfectionists do the very things that seem to make it more likely. And that's why perfectionism isn't the golden ticket to success that we mistake it for. Perfectionism is a cultural phenomenon. In our individualistic culture, it's hard to envisage perfectionism as anything other than a personal characteristic. However, my work rose to prominence on the back of a curious finding. Perfectionism, I found, is rising for everybody. And socially prescribed perfectionism, that belief that our environment demands perfection, well, that's rising most rapidly. Those two facts point Not to something going wrong within us, but rather to something going wrong within our society. From pushy parents to high and excessive expectations in schools and colleges to intense workplace pressures, to the comparative lens of social media and everywhere in between, perfection is inescapable these days. And the need to do more, be more. The need to hustle and grind and overachieve and make something, anything of ourselves has infiltrated almost every corner of modern society. Deep down, we know this isn't a normal or natural way to exist. We understand, by virtue of being human, that no one is perfect or could ever be made perfect and we recognise in our hearts, if not our heads, 
The perfectionism's heavy armour is weighing us down. But we wear it anyway, because taking off the armour and accepting the beautiful but imperfect person we are is so unfathomably hard if it also means confronting our most basic assumptions about what's great and good in modern society and undergoing a complete autopsy of thought about how we should exist in the world. Now, when was the last time you caught a person, never mind an entire nation, doing that level of introspection? Yet that level of introspection is exactly what we must do if together we're going to escape the perfection trap. Thank you, Thomas. That was good enough. Not perfect, but pretty good. And it's been a pretty good week here at the Next Big Idea Daily. If you missed any of our episodes about leadership, humor, delusion, racism, you can find them in our podcast feed. Or you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. Every Friday, I do a roundup of the week's episodes, giving you a quick summary of useful ideas. The newsletter is free, and you can sign up for it using the link in the episode notes. Or search for the Next Big Idea Club on LinkedIn. This week's episodes were written and produced by me, Michael Kovnat, and edited by Caleb Bissinger. We're part of the LinkedIn Podcast Network. Come on back next week when we'll have more big ideas from more big thinkers. See you then.